This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Elman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. This week, Bard MBA's Jordan Sabine speaks with Robert Passan, CEO and Chief Wagon Officer at Radio Flyer. My name is Jordan Sabine, and I'm participating in the Bard MBA in Sustainability from my home in Chicago. Um, and so I'm really pleased to be able to interview you as the CEO of a Chicago-based company that's bringing joy to kids and, and adults as well uh, across the world in a sustainable way. So it's, it's really my pleasure to, to introduce Robert Passan, the CEO of Radio Flyer to the Impact Report. Welcome, Robert. Thanks, it's my pleasure to be here. Well, the first question I'd love to ask you is, um, I mean, most people know Radio Flyer from your iconic wagons and tricycles. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the company history? Sure. Yeah, my grandpa started the company in 1917, 104 years ago, and he came to America from a small town in northern Italy. Uh, And like so many other immigrants, he came here in search of a better life. And he came to Chicago and worked in any job he could find, Uh, a lot of menial labor, a lot of day labor, until he was able to save up enough money to rent a small workshop on the west side of Chicago where he put his carpentry skills to work. His, he was from a family of carpenters in Italy and he started making furniture and those old phonograph cabinets. And eventually he made a wooden wagon that he hauled tools around. Um, and pretty soon he was selling more wagons than anything else. And he called the first wagon, the Liberty Coaster. And then he switched from wood to steel in order to mass produce the wagons. And that he named that wagon, the Radio Flyer because they were the two coolest high-tech words of the time and really the business just continued to grow from there and it's become uh, an icon of childhood. It absolutely has that's that's really exciting thank you for sharing that. Um, So Radio Fire was recently recognized as a Real Leaders 2021 top impact company um, among other sustainability leaders like Patagonia and Ben and Jerry's and Beyond Meat Um, and so from, and you were recognized for that uh, because of your commitment to making our world a better place through wide ranging sustainability initiatives. So I'm really interested to hear what inspired you to put sustainability at the forefront of your business. Well, really it's, it's just because I believe that it's if the biggest issue facing us and it's the right thing to do and every company and every organization needs to do their part to try to minimize our negative impact on the environment. So I just really think it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. And what has that journey to sustainability been like for you and your teams and your suppliers? Well, you know, like any journey, we didn't quite know where to start when we started working on it. Um, And we weren't really sure which direction to go. And there there were a lot of obstacles. And we tried out a few different consultants early on to guide us. And ultimately, we found a great partner in a company called Pure Strategies. And Tim Greiner, uh, the founder of Pure Strategies, has really 
been kind of our guide and resource on this journey. And when we started working on this, you know, over a decade ago, really diligently, a lot of the topics that we were talking to our suppliers about were pretty foreign, like renewable energy and product life cycle analysis. You know, we had to explain what those things were. Uh, but fortunately, and it, more recently, it's become more and more common for suppliers to have sustainability goals and projects of their own. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Um, and, and how much of a role do or, or did consumers play in the decisions you made in, in developing your sustainability strategy and priorities? You know, in the beginning, I would say consumers didn't play as much of a role because um, it wasn't like they were asking for it. Um, it was, uh, I think, kind of the icing on the cake if, if a product was more sustainable. Uh, but in the years since, it's become increasingly more important. And I think younger generations and, you know, new moms today, for them, sustainability is a much more important issue than uh, maybe 20 years ago. So that has become more important. One of the ways that we interact with our, our consumers around sustainability is uh, by them repairing our, our, the products and keeping them in use. So our products have always been durable, rugged products that last for many years. Sometimes they're even passed down from one generation to another. Um, so that's a huge part of how we're sustainable. We're not, you know, we're not single use type products. And part of go that passing it down is that you can repair it. So if you need a new wheel, you can take off the hubcap and we can ship you a wheel and you can uh, reassemble it and keep that wagon or tricycle going. So that's the thing we found consumers real, really love. And then with our retail customers, they've played a big part. Like one of our biggest customers is Walmart. Um, and they've been a leader in really pushing their suppliers and challenging their suppliers like us to become more sustainable. Um, they've developed an annual survey and evaluation where they rank all suppliers in a given category. And we really like that because it's a clear measurement. They're targets that we can work toward. And every year, our scores and measurements have been getting better and better. And one of the things that we're really proud of is that we're the top of our category at Walmart for the category of products that we're in on all the, our sustainability measures. Well, congratulations. That's definitely uh, very exciting. Good work there. Um, Thank you. <laughs> what's, um, you, you named some really great opportunities that you've been able to, to pursue with, with repairing and, and working with your retailers. What was, what would you say is the biggest challenge uh, in pursuing sustainability as Radio Flyer? I mean, I think that our biggest challenge really is that our products are very materially intensive. There's a lot of material in the product. So materials like steel and polyethylene and polypropylene, um, those are the kind of commodities we use to make our products. And these are materials that are just made in, in you know, enormous quantities and they're used in many products. And so far, there are only there aren't that many great alternatives to these materials. So we're constantly experimenting. We're constantly sourcing to look for materials that we can, you know, replace with more sustainable materials. But um, many of the newer materials aren't really able to kind of give us the, the the physical properties we need. You know, whether it's being able to mold it in a certain shape or the cost. Um, so you know. 
when industries like those really change over that it has that kind of cascading positive effect to a company like ours who uses those materials. Absolutely. That's very cool. I, I know a, a passion of mine is, is sustainable sourcing. So I can certainly um, see where that's a, a challenge, but also a really great opportunity for you to, to impact sustainability um, outside of, of just your, your circle of influence. Yeah, I mean, one example of where we've had some success, you know, in a product is, you know, a lot of our wagons now, people always think of that, you know, little red steel wagon that's so iconic. And of course, we still sell those, but the majority of our wagons now are actually uh, made of fabric and they're more like a stroller in their construction. Um, and so we, we launched a product uh, recently called the Beach and Boardwalk Wagon where we were able to use 100% recycled PET. So the, the fabric is made from uh, basically like ground up plastic water bottles and soda bottles and that is made into this material. So every one of these wagons uh, basically removes 90 of these plastic bottles from landfills and oceans. So so those are some of the success stories, but it was, you know, it took us a while to get there to get the material right, um, to find the right supplier for it. But that's the, those are the kind of projects that our team is working on with every product. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, it's, it's so cool to hear that your, your products are becoming more sustainable. Um, and my, my next question was to, to go into the specific sustainability initiatives that you've been implementing. And um, I, when I was, uh, perusing through your, your website and your sustainability report, I was so excited to see the um, recyclable um, or recycled content packaging that you're using. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, so some of the ways we've done that is, you know, when our products are assembled by the consumer. So when you get, you know, a wagon or a tricycle or a scooter, you have to put it together, kind of like Ikea furniture, but they're yeah. very easy to put together. Um, and uh, so there are, you know, like a hardware, a bag of hardware, like nuts and bolts, typically that comes in a plastic bag, a poly bag. So we've been able to replace um, a lot of those poly bags with a paper-based packaging. Uh, so we've saved, you know, over 40,000 pounds of single-use packaging a year doing that. Um, another thing is we've pretty much eliminated PVC from all of our products. Um, and we've gotten a lot more recycled content into our packaging. So it's about 87% of our packaging is from recycled content now. Um, so those are some, some of the things we've done in the product line in addition to the wagon I was telling you about. Excellent. Um, and I see here you also um, shipping in, in, in my supply chain um, area of passion. I see that shipping is um, a, a challenging uh, way to reduce emi emissions. And I see that you're using the, the UPS carbon neutral option. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and the other benefits of, of your shipping? Yeah, when we can control the shipping, so when a consumer comes to radioflyer.com and buys the product from us and we ship it to them, we ship everything through this UPS carbon neutral program. Um, so that really helps uh, offset, you know, the, the, the carbon emissions from shipping. Um, and then also every time a consumer buys a product from radioflyer.com, we partner with the Arbor Day Foundation to plant a tree. 
Um, and through that program, we've planted uh, almost 300,000 trees, um, which of course, you know, reduces and absorbs carbon from the environment. So those are some ways we try to uh, kind of offset some of the impacts. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, and I know that you also joined the RE100 Global Initiative, um, which sets mm -hmm. the target of achieving 100% renewable energy across your operations. Um, can you tell us whether you've you've achieved that or whether you're still working on that goal um, and and how you're you're working toward that? Yeah, we did achieve it. So we had committed to achieving it by the end of 2020. Um, that particular commitment applies to, you know, facilities that we own and operate. So that would not apply to like our suppliers and stuff. Um, and one of the key ways that we were able to accomplish it was by installing a large solar array on the roof of our offices in Chicago. Um, and that produces about 60% of the electricity we use in this location. Um, we're looking for ways to further increase that. Um, so for and then for the energy that we didn't produce ourselves with renewable energy, uh, we bought offsets uh, externally that were used to fund other renewable energy product projects like solar and wind and those kind of things. Very cool. That's that's awesome to hear that you um, you've you've been producing your your own energy from from the sun in Chicago. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the sun does shine here more than you would think. <laughs> it does, it does. It may be cold, but it's sunny. <laughs> As a 103 year old company, you, you really have a position of authority in your space. Uh, are there other players in your industry following your lead? And can you tell us a little bit about how Radio Flyer is changing the reputation and the model of the, the toy industry that is often associated with waste. Yeah, I mean, we, we're really proud that we were one of the first kids products companies to join the RE100. And we're also proud that we were the first toy company or kids products company to join the science-based target initiative. And, you know, we are seeing other companies do this too. Like Lego has, has joined these companies. Lego tends to be a real leader in this area. Um, Crayola has done some really good work um, around solar and, and powering their factory that makes their crayons. And so I think as consumers want it more and as boards and shareholders uh, demand, you know, more uh, sustainability efforts, I think more and more companies will be getting into this and, and doing really good stuff. Uh, well, according to the NPD Group uh, Consumer Tracking Service, the United States market size for the total toy industry increased 16.7% uh, in 2020, despite COVID, uh, or maybe because of it, um, mm -hmm. for a total of $32.6 billion in sales. Um, so I wanted to ask you what trends you see for the next year or two and do you expect sales to continue upward? We, see, we did see uh, even bigger increases than that in our category of products of outdoor play because everybody was cooped up at home. People couldn't go on vacation, couldn't go to the amusement park. So uh, people were turning their backyards and driveways into mini amusement parks with, with our products and other products. So we felt really grateful and, and happy that, that we were a bright spot in people's lives during this difficult time. Um, and, 
and we do, while it has been a big sales increase, we do anticipate by the end of 2021 uh, that sales will get back to kind of pre-pandemic levels as, as life returns more to normal. Well, hopefully people will, will continue spending as much time outdoors as um, they hopefully were, were doing during the pandemic. Yeah, I hope I hope there will be some kind of residual effects like that where people are kind of reminded, oh yeah, this is really great <laughs> to, to get away from the screens and go out and play. Absolutely. I think it's the 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 kick some of us all needed to to get outdoors and um, get away from our screens, like you said. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, my next question is uh, more of a personal one. How do you define sustainability? You know, it's evolved for me over the years as I've learned more and as we tried tried different things. And but I think it comes down to a few key things. The first is really it's the removal of of waste um, and just using what I really need and not more. And trying to answer those hard questions uh, of what do I really need, um, not just what do I want. Um, and then second, I think looking at how I'm getting what I need. You know, how is it being delivered to me or how am I acquiring it to see if there's any, you know, maybe a lower carbon or lower impact way to get it. Um, and I think the, the other, the last part is about teaching for me, since I'm in a position of leadership, you know, and I've spent a lot of time learning about this topic, you know, I really try to talk about it with not just at work, but with my family and friends and um, because there's a big education gap still on how we can all be more sustainable. And I still have a lot to learn. I'm, I'm by no means the model of it, but I think if we all really commit to learning and growing, we can make more progress and faster progress. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, the BART MBA does such a great job of, of empowering their students to, to lead the change. And I'm so proud to have met CEOs and, and other folks in industry such as yourself that are are doing that through their their business as well as in their personal life so everyone can can make a difference for sure on sustainability yes very true what do you see as the the biggest challenge that you face in your day-to-day -day work in sustainability as a ceo there's this inter inherent tension between you know what's urgent and what's important um the, the, I think that's a big challenge with the whole sustainability movement is that it is urgent, but it doesn't feel as urgent. Um, and, and so I think that's, we struggle with that too. We have the daily tasks of, you know, responding to our customers, shipping products and getting things done with then making these really challenging longer term changes like swapping out materials or finding more sustainable shipping and delivery methods. So that's always a, a battle and a challenge. And one of the ways we've tried to really address it is to incorporate into into our goals as a company. Everybody here has goals that is basically kind of how they're um, compensated and, and how people are rewarded here. So by really just trying to build it into the daily habits of what we do is, is how we address it, but it's always a tension. Absolutely, there's, there's so much more than just reducing uh, your carbon footprint. The the social sustainability is is key as well. And as a CEO, I know that you have you've led on that issue and and are doing a great job. Well, thanks. We're trying. Any other thoughts you'd like to share with us, Robert? 
Well, thanks. I nothing else I want to brag about. I just um, one of the things that I've been trying to do lately is share a little bit more about what we're doing as a company through LinkedIn. So if anybody is interested in learning more or checking out some of the things I post on LinkedIn, I, I welcome that. Absolutely. Give Robert a follow. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate our loyal Impact Report listeners and hope you can help us spread the word about the series and the important sustainability work of our guests. Please rate and review the Impact Report wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you were inspired by this conversation, share a screenshot to your Instagram account and tag Impact Report Podcast. Learn more about Radio Flyer, their full line of products, and their sustainability initiatives by visiting radioflyer.com. Join us for the next episode of the Impact Report on Friday, November 5th. We'll be speaking with Gilles Mesrobian, professor and principal at Red Queen Group. in learning how you can launch a high-impact, purpose-driven career in sustainability? Check out the resources page from the Bard Graduate Programs in Sustainability for access to free resources to jumpstart your career in sustainability. Hear from leaders in the fields of climate change, consulting, impact finance, fashion, circular economy, and more about how they launched their careers and the tips they have for you to join their industry. Visit gps.bard.edu slash resources today.